You found the only podcast that swears they saw Bigfoot once and it was uh, just okay. Hey, let me ask you something. On this episode, Kristen and Ralph take a deep breath and discuss how to talk to your boss, getting your emotions in check, allowing yourself to feel the feels, building your resiliency reserves, writing that email and not sending it, and the healing energy of riding a sea turtle. And as always, the views expressed on the Hey, Let Me Ask You Something podcast are solely the opinions of your hosts, Kristen Wood and Ralph Andracchio, and are based on their years of practical and clinical experience. These opinions do not constitute any kind of advice, diagnosis, or treatment of any mental, physical, or emotional issues. If you are having an emergency or any serious ongoing situations, please contact your local hospital or a trusted professional. You can find this complete disclaimer on our podcast homepage. And now, on with the show. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hey, Let Me Ask You Something, uh, the only podcast in the world that knows your shoe size. Uh, my name is Ralph. Hey, this is Kristen. And we are bringing you another exciting, fun-filled episode from uh, beautiful South Philly, Pennsylvania, home of cheesesteaks, public art, and my neighbor who keeps letting her dog crap all over my sidewalk in front of my house. Have you addressed this with her? No, we can't. We don't know. We can't catch her. Our ring catches her. But we can't catch her, because she's very stealthy when she lets her dog crap. Do you know where she lives? She has got to be around here somewhere. Um, I mean, unless she has it out for us specifically and walks all the way from Northern Liberties to let her dog do his well, business. Well, your dog clearly likes your front yard <laughs> and finds that spot extremely appealing. I mean, I get it. Like, your dog, when your dog's got to go, it's got to go. You can't really, like, pick them up and put them in the, in the, uh, in the street to, to do their business. But clean it up. Yes. You know, that's what, what uh, responsible dog owners do, and this woman refuses, and I hope she hears this, because... <laughs> Ralph's looking for you. I'm, we're looking for you. And <laughs> I, I, just, I just want you to be responsible. I don't care if your dog poops, just clean it up. Absolutely. Know? Or you could, like, if you knew where they lived, you could put a little note, as I saw my neighbor did. <gasps> Not my door, Ralph. Oh, I am okay. following all the rules. <laughs> But the girl down the hall apparently did not do what she needed to do with her trash. So I think I know who it was. This Mm. other person on our hall went and got it out of the trash room, put it in front of her door (sighs) with a nasty little note telling her what she should be doing with her trash. Living for the drama right And I was talking out loud. I'm like, that's a little much, ma'am. I'm in the hallway talking to myself. I'm like, really? That's like... Uh, All right. Somebody's on the watch. I better really behave myself or I'm going to get a nasty note. uh, That's what I, that's what I miss. I mean, I love being a homeowner and having my own house, but man, I love the drama of living in an apartment building or a condo building. Uh, It's just so, there's no, ugh. So good. Chef's kiss. I'm, so try, good. I'm, I'm new there, and I'm trying to stay low on the radar, but if anyone no. knows my personality already, and if you've listened, kind of know I'm not quiet or low on the radar. Don't I'm kind of st- out there and everywhere. Don't stay low. Yeah, go, it is the in. downside. Everyone knows your business. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so today we have a longer than previous question, but it's a good one. So good. So rich. So 
rich. It's like it's like a stew. It's like a gumbo. It's so rich and meaty and full of <laughs> deliciousness. So I vote we just get right into it. Let's because get into it's, it. it's a long there's one. A lot to, it's to a long dissect. one, but it's a good one. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. So this week's question for Hey Let Me Ask You Something is Dun, da, da, da. Dun, da, da. My supervisor continues to assign me work projects at the end of the day and expects them to be complete the following day. I'm staying up late at night to finish the projects on time. All this time spent on work after hours has had a negative effect on my relationship with my partner. After we just had an argument, I sent my boss an email explaining how I feel about being assigned these projects under this timeline. The next morning, I felt uncomfortable about how I expressed myself in the email. What's a better way to handle this situation with my boss? Mm-hmm. It's a doozy, but I love it. Mm-hmm. But I love it, Ralph. This, I think this is like the plot line for season one of Bridgerton, it sounds like. It really is. really is. Yeah. Yeah. Woo, there's a lot there. So, uh, first of all, I think all of us have been in this situation, number one. Yeah, like we've, we've all had that boss that's like, you can finish. Just work from home. You can do it, right? Work all the time. Work all the time. You don't have any downtime. What is that? <laughs> that's nothing. So I think we can all uh, agree that this is something that covers all of us. Um, I mean, my first thought is you can only control yourself and your reactions to stuff. So, you know, we could give a whole spiel spiel and a half about you know how the boss can change their tune and like the company can change their tune really we have no control over that company's gonna company you know bosses are gonna boss however however you want to see it so my thought is we really the only thing we can really do in this situation is kind of unpack this person's reaction to everything right you mean the person that, that sent the email? Right. The person having the problem? Right. 100%. Yeah, you can only control yourself, and your boss can do it, kind of do what they want to do. I mean, for the most part, as long as they're following all the policies and procedures. Well, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Yes, right? it is. <laughs> that's a whole other workplace workshop right there. Uh, yeah, so keeping it within those guardrails of just addressing this person and, like, their reaction to, oh man, I mean this has come up in 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 different shades with the people I work with, but you know, and I've 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 heard myself say that line before. You can only control you and how you react to things because that's what I work with with people is you know emotional intelligence and their responses to things. Um, I don't know what would what would you first say? What would what popped into your mind first? Because my first first part was, my first thought was, you can only control you. What what were you thinking when you first heard that? I was thinking where to begin because there's so many pieces to this, and I was also thinking I wish I could ask this person, which is not part of our podcast, <laughs> what uncomfortable meant, like what what they were really mm. feeling that next day. Um, I think that I'll just go there. I'll just dig in. Yeah. I think that it's really difficult to communicate, well, it's really difficult to communicate about these types of things in general with people, you know, telling them that you think they're expecting too much or that they're not respecting your time or that, that they're not being considerate of your time or that they're being unreasonable and how it's, and then how it's affecting you. That's just hard all around. When we're talking about a supervisor, somebody who has more power than you, 
it's a whole, it, it, it can complicate it even more. I still believe that we all have a right to communicate those, feel, those feelings I just outlined to anyone, regardless of their power, but it's a little bit more touchy, a little bit scarier, and you, you know, the boss could or could not receive you well. Um, I think that one of the things that I believe we all have to learn, often with experience, I know I did, is that it is, it is not helpful to communicate when you are emotionally charged um, at all, really, personal or professional, but particularly with professional. I do think there is a way to communicate feelings in some instances in a professional environment, but I think it's a very critical to make sure that you have addressed, coped with, processed those feelings to the intensity level of them is, has been alleviated a little bit before you attempt to communicate them. I think that's what happened for this person, was that that hadn't been done, then kind of the icing on the cake, that argument, or maybe that was more than, maybe that was after several arguments with the partner, exhaustion, then communicated in a way that they don't feel good about, and now wants to kind of try to fix it. How do I go from here? Mm, mm, preaching. Yes, preach it. I, I was that person. Like, it took me the longest time to learn my own uh, level of emotional maturity. Oh, that's a good way to put that. I just, <laughs> I just le- hey, everybody. Ralph had an aha moment. I just had my own aha moment. Gave it to myself. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it took me a while to reach that level of emotional maturity because, you know, a few years ago, I was still that person that if something happened that would set me off, I would just like Hulk smash and it would just like rage for little tiny things that were really inconsequential. And it took me a while to realize, you know, the best thing to do in that situation, and it's really hard and it takes a lot of work, a lot, a ton of work it took me to get to this point where I am now, is to, you know, the thing is happening, we have no control over the thing, we have no control over it happening, it's happening, to take a breath. Like, look, turn on the objective part of your mind and turn off the subjective part and just say, okay, I'm going to take a breath. I'm going, to give, I'm going to give myself a moment for every part of my system to kind of catch up because I think thinking of herself as a system of parts is helpful in this situation because not all the parts get the information at the same moment. You know, we, all, we as a full being have to let ourselves catch up to what's happening. So I think taking a breath and, and trying to like, you know, even in the midst of it, if somebody's yelling at you at work or, like, something's getting screwed up at work, it, it, there's always even a second or five seconds to just take that mental step out and take a breath and say, all right, this is happening. How can I best, like, how can I best handle this situation? And for me, it's always, like, if it's somebody who's pissing me off, I'm always, like, you know, I want to look at it from their point of view. They're probably, like, they're having a bad day. They, they really believe in the point they're saying. Like, it do, it's not going to do any good for me to get all, you know, fly off the handle. So I think in this situation with the email, it's the same thing. It's like, an email's perfect way to practice this, actually. Tool number one, folks, for today about how to avoid this situation, email is the best way. Like, if you have a bunch of emotions rolling around in your head about what just happened and you want to, like, tell this person off right away, 
write the email and don't send it. Yeah. The last part is the very critical part. That last part's very Do important. Not Do send. not send it. Write the email, write all the expletives you want, tell this person where to go and how to get there, but then don't send it. Let it sit, minimize it, let it sit, let it sit in your drafts, don't send it. And then after you've had time to cool off, maybe it's an hour, maybe it's a day, you know, maybe it's over the weekend because it happened on a Friday, then you can go back and revisit it. Because this person, it sounds like they reread the email the next day and were like, ooh. Mm-hmm. So what would happen if they actually gave themselves that night to sleep on it and then went back into their draft folder and read the email? They would have been like, ooh, I'm glad I didn't send this. Right, because what happens, and it happens in all types of relationships, is when we, when there's a lot of emotion, heightened emotion, then that's what people are going to focus on. You know, they're, they're going to focus on that emotional reaction and then they're losing, they're, they're losing sight of the actual content of what you're trying to communicate. And it sounds like what this person wants to communicate is that um, your expectations are too high. For me, it's, it's not fair. It's not reasonable. I need more time to complete these tasks, and it's interfering with my personal life. So, but that will, could all get clouded if the emotional, the way in which that's communicated is very, very heightened, very, very charged. And then, you know... It's funny, it's, it can be a funny, not funny, but like a weird feeling to be that emotional at work, right? We, mm. we have boundaries with our relationships. But I think that being able to recognize that you're in that heightened state is number one. And then what do I need to do to alleviate? And a lot of times it is sleep on it, do the draft, I agree with you. Uh, and then think through how you want to say it. Mm-hmm. So what if it happens in person? Because a lot of times... These situations happen at work. Like your boss will call you in the office and, you know, yell at you for something or, or give some kind of negative something. And it's like something we're not prepared for. Or they come to your desk and do the same thing. Like, what would you tell somebody who has that situation happen where they don't have the buffer of the internet and email to kind of take that space? What would be a good tool for them to use then? It's really the same thing. It's just harder. Because if it's 9 o'clock and you got a full day ahead of you and your boss just came in and that happened and you're feeling very charged and upset about it and lots of emotions, same exact thing. In that moment is not the place, time, place, situation for you to express how you're feeling. You need to pull away. You need to take a beat. You need to take a breath. That might mean you need to go take a, go outside. You might need to go outside and call a friend. You might need to, if you can't do all that, you maybe just need to go in the bathroom and take a couple minutes to yourself. Um, you may need to take a break from work altogether and look at cute panda bears, whatever you need to do. Oh, like you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you're going to have, in that moment, it's, it's the focus. We, we tend to get focused on what just happened and how we feel about it. And I get that, of course, but at the same time, the focus needs to be on how do I calm down? And for just a really simple way of putting it, how do I get myself to a better space? Because you need to do that in order to organize your thoughts, obviously be better able to manage your emotions as well as your communication. And if you don't do that first, you're not going to be able to do that. So whether it's three hours later or the next day or three days from then that you might want to go revisit or address what happened working trying to get to a place where you can remember to 
in those moments, I have to, what can I do to calm down? What can I do to take care of myself right now? And that's often not what we do. We, we ruminate, we get more and more heated about it, we're distracted, we're having a hard time getting through our day, and then that just fuels the fire. It's definitely should stay clear of that boss's door because we're not in a space. And there's something very, and please uh, uh, disagree with me if you, in your professional opinion, uh, feel the need to, there's something very intoxicating about arguing. There's something intoxicating about anger, you know, and it's hard because, I mean, like I said, I I was there. I still am there doing the work of, like, not getting, not letting it, not letting myself, like, dive into that that pool of anger because it feels so good. Like, there's some kind of primal part of us that just wants to destroy everything when stuff like that happens. I get it. We all feel like that sometimes. And that's where the hard work comes in of being able to, within yourself, take that breath and say... I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to look at this objectively. I'm going to take a breath. It's not worth it. I'm going to, you know. And a lot of the strength to do that comes from our self-esteem and our, you know, that self-advocacy that we talk about a lot of, I'm better than this. I'm, I'm worth more than this. You know, this is just a bump on the road. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get through this. I'll just give myself, it's really, it's, I'm really hot right now. Give it a minute, everything will cool off, and then I can think clearly about, about what's happening. Yeah, I think you have to, it's that balance of allowing yourself to feel your feelings. Allow yourself to be angry Absolutely. if you need to be angry, or whatever else is going on. But not doing things that are going to perpetuate the anger, perpetuate the right word, keep the anger alive. Keep the anger, make the anger stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that, you know, when you go and talk to somebody because you're upset about something, that can be helpful for people, right? It also can fuel those feelings and keep them at that high intensity. If we keep go- call, we call one friend and then we tell them what happened at work, and then we call another friend and we tell them, and then we tell our mom. And sometimes doing that over and over again isn't helpful. It actually just keeps that anger or whatever other feelings are very intense for you at that time high. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have to. And, and that's for each individual to figure out. Is this helping me work through these feelings or is this actually just adding fuel to the fire and keeping me as fired up as I was four hours ago? That's a really good point. And, and a lot of people, I know I do the same thing. I'll have something weird or negative happen to me and I'll just keep telling people the story over and over again. Because it's that I think it's that attractive, intoxicating part of it that's like, I want to relive this thing that just happened. It's so visceral and real. It's like killing a saber-toothed tiger, you know? Um, the, and also, uh, I don't want to lose the boss aspect of this or the manager. And, like, if there's any managers listening, <laughs> please... Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, number one. But also, please take what we're saying to heart as well because you are the other side of this equation. And I think sometimes management can lose sight of these are actual honest-to-goodness people working for them on their team and not just cogs in a wheel or, like, you know, they focus on the work that needs to be done rather than the people that are doing the work. And I think there's, there is a, um, a nice equilibrium to be found in that as well because... I think if you if you come at work with that mindset, these issues 
may not pop up as much because you're all communicating better with each other. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that all you can do, you know, what I do really love about this listener's question and, 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 the, and, how, and how they handled it is that even though it wasn't done the way that they felt comfortable with and that they liked, they did communicate it, communicate how they were feeling to their supervisor. And there are so many people that don't ever. And they, they're miserable and they feel very powerless and somewhat invisible as to even just being a meaningful part of the team. And, you know, the, the real strength here is that this individual did communicate. And all, that's all you can do to your, with your supervisor. You can go and tell them, hopefully after you've calmed down, right. you know, <laughs> how, how you're feeling, what you need, what's not working. And then they will either work with you and you two figure it out together, or they won't. And, and if they will, great. Then you two figure out what's going to work. Maybe they didn't even realize it. If they don't, if they're not willing to do that, then that might be time for you to think about whether you want to continue your employment there. Because you're, you're now, this, this listener is obviously experiencing how much this is impacting them on such a personal level. And I understand that. That sounds exhausting and frustrating. Yeah. That, and that's, I think that's the point that you said. It's exhausting. This, all this takes a lot of energy to deal with situations like this. And uh, the more you can communicate with not, not only how you're feeling or not necessarily how you're feeling, but more like, um, I hate the, I, I, I hate the, the, the um, corporate speak like, don't come with to me with a question. Come to me with a solution. Like we've all heard that in some way, shape, or form. Was that it's, in a teleconference? It's, it was I in a teleconference. This is a call. This is a call back to a to a recent <laughs> episode where I was worried if teleconference was still used because I'm in forty, <clears throat> and yeah, um, uh, yeah. The corporate speak of like come to me with solution thing. I think the 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 spirit of that saying is, you know. Here's, here's what I'm seeing and here's how I can work more effectively. You know, you're asking me to do all this stuff, but here's how I work best. Here's how I think we can, you know. And, and, you know, so ask the question. I think my, my thing is, like, ask the questions. Don't be afraid to say, well, here's how I work better or here's how I think I can make this happen. And I think that would be appreciated all around. And it really makes me think back to what you said when we first started about self-confidence and self-worth. Right. Feeling able and capable of advocating for yourself. Um, I think you have to have that in, in order to be able to do this. Or, you know, some people are, are working on it, right? And so they're, they're trying to make that happen. But that, it's really, honestly, all you can do. And then you see what happens from that. And then you're going to get a real, real glimpse at who your boss really is and whether or not you can work with this person or not. Absolutely. There are other jobs. People get very tunnel vision sometimes in that, you know, this is the only job in the world. And yes, of course you want to try to make it work. I'm not saying everyone should quit their job when they have a problem with their boss, but there are other jobs out there. And so, you know, if, if, if you can't, through communication, be able to work this out, then that to me would be a point where perhaps you might want to unless you want to go to HR, I guess that's another option, but mm -hmm. that could make things funky too. Um, you may want to think about whether or not this, this position, this company is, is good for you. Right. 
And I think that brings us to the other half of the equation from the question is the, the personal relationship on the other side of it. Because that can be, we're talking about resiliency and self-worth and self-confidence. And I think, you know, um, those of us in relationships get, can get some of that from like this built-in support system that we have in our relationship. And so I, let's, let's kind of dig into that side of it too, of like how it's affecting this person's personal life. And yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, oof. Uh, uh, what, what are you, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, you know, it doesn't surprise me that it's causing arguments and problems. This person is exhausted. I can only imagine is working boatloads of hours, is not getting the time likely with their partner, not getting the time likely for themselves. And so makes you irritable, makes you on edge, which is definitely can lead to arguments and things of that nature. Um, but I think we all have to step back and evaluate when our job is more, and I'm, I'm gonna take a guess, this isn't like the first time for this listener that that they were feeling this way, that possibly they got into an argument or irritated with their partner. But when you are seeing that your job is negatively affecting your personal life significantly like that, then that's that's of concern, of course. Yeah. It, I think for me it speaks to priorities of, you know, what's... I'm just going to say what's more important because I think everybody's like, no, we need a job that pays the bills and like we put away savings and all that stuff. And then we have a relationship. It's they're both important. Well, yes. And, you know, they can't both exist simultaneously in the same slot in your life. You know, one, one is always going to take more of your attention than the other at any given moment. And so I think it's important to think about where where this job lands on your list of priorities you know and you know if it's if if your relationship is more important then you're right like it is there is there are other there are the businesses out there there are other job opportunities out there there are other ways to if you really do like this job there's you can go to hr talk to other people or like there's always a way to kind of work the system but if it really is untenable and your boss just, you know, isn't treating you the way you want to be treated and there really is no other remedy, then you have to say, you know, my relationship and my sanity is worth more than this job. I'm going to look for something else. Yeah, because I don't know if it's for this person, for this listener, whether or not it's about work being more of a priority. I think they've been shoved into that space of it being having to be more of a priority due to the demands that the boss is putting on this individual last minute and you can work can be a priority it could be the top priority like you just mentioned your sanity so at what cost so it, it you know in this situation if this was to go on and on my guess is not only would it affect the relationship or continue to affect the relationship but also would continue to affect this individual's just mental health physical health due to like lack of sleep and personal time and overall happiness. Absolutely. And being open to your partner in the relationship to talk to them about it, you know, share how you're feeling with them and say, you know, I, I, I mean, I can, I can hear this conversation in my head that this person's had with their partner. Like, 
yes, I have to work again late tonight. Yes, I know we had plans. Or yes, I know I haven't been getting a lot of sleep. And it's, I think, again, trying to put aside your ego in that in that kind of uh, conversation and not not give in to the 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 power of the anger of it and just say, well, what do you need? What can we do? How can we help each other? I think opening, being, being vulnerable and open like that with your partner and saying, you know, I don't know what to do. I need your help. Like, let me just tell you what's happening. And like, what do you think? You know, just giving some ideas or just talking through it, I think is a super valuable resource that you may, they may not realize they have. Absolutely. Yes. I think that being open and communicating what's really going on. Otherwise, your partner is going to be stuck in that, just seeing you being irritable, working workaholic that um, doesn't sleep and is crabby. If you're not really sitting down and, and hopefully you're in that space, I hope our listener is in that space where they're able to sit down and really explain what's going on and what's underneath what just transpired between the two of them, which was probably about... It could have been about something small that, that became big because it's, I just feel I feel exhausted for this person. I, I, I listen to it. I read the email and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so so tired for you. Like you've got to be, yeah, working off of fumes. And that's where resiliency comes in and building building your resiliency reserves. You know, having that time away from work where you can spend time with the people in your life that matter most. You can go off on adventures and see movies and go to plays and take a walk in the park and, you know, whatever you do, all those positive little things you do with your partner or with your friends or with your family, they put gas in the tank for your resiliency. So when things like this do happen with your boss or with your job, you can bounce back quicker Mm -hmm. because you have all that good positive energy in your batteries that you can spend on bouncing back and like thinking of other ways to do it. And it sounds like this person doesn't have that because they don't have the time to do that. So again, it just, for me, it comes back to priorities of what's more important, you know, is this job more important or is your relationship and your life and like, where does this is the thing like where does work fit into your life our our lives just can't be work it can't be work 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 you know we have to we work for a reason there's a payoff you know if it's if it's like a calling yes it's because you're doing it because it speaks to a part of your soul and you're making the world better and you know the philanthropic stuff but there there's always a reason like it sounds like this person is working because they they have, you know, it, it allows them to pay their bills and live where they live and live the life they want to live. So it's like, again, it's priorities. It's like, what's more important to you? And, and, and it takes that, again, sitting back, taking a breath and saying, okay, where does this all fit into my life? What do I want my life to look like as a whole? Does what needs to change, you know? And it, it touches on what we've talked about in prior episodes of boundaries. Right. If you don't implement the boundaries no one's going to do it for you. And I know I'm repeating some stuff I've said in prior podcast, prior episodes of, to our podcast. But if you don't speak up, nothing's going to change, like 100%. So like I said, that's a strength. Um, so if you're listening, listener, <laughs> that's a strength that you actually did communicate even though it wasn't the way that you wanted to. And I think to kind of directly address their ultimately their question, I think being honest 
and going in once you've calmed down and you've really collected your thoughts and your points you want to get get across is most likely what I would think would be the best approach. Sometimes it's just about being being owning our stuff. You know, if you don't feel comfortable about it, then think about what you don't feel comfortable about. And maybe you want to figure out a way that you feel that feels okay, like a way to say that to your boss, as well as raise the points that led to that in a way that is um, less emotionally charged, more direct, and addressing the points and concerns that led you to this entire conversation and situation that you're in right now. Right. Yeah, I agree 100%. And if it gets to the point where your boss is immovable and won't budge and says this is the way it is, like it or lump it, you know, then you have to take a look at your life, your priorities, like where everything fits, what your what your plan is for the future, and say, is my sanity, and you said it, is my mental health, my physical health, my emotional well-being, is it worth staying here and, you know, doing this? And I know there's there's some privilege in being able to say, oh, you just find another job because some people can't and like they're stuck there and they, you know, they have to do what they have to do. And that's when self-care is even more important. If you really can't leave this place and you're like, no, this is it. This is, I can't do anything else. I get that. I understand that that's sometimes where people, you know, people land. It's even more important to get right with yourself and say, okay, this is, this is something, this is a constant in my life now. This isn't going to change. This job is here. I have, to, I have to find a way to deal with it. What else can I do in my life that will build my reserves, that will give me energy and more positive stuff happening in my life so that it balances out the job? Because if the job is a constant and can't change and it's like it's this vortex of negative energy in your life, you gotta have something to counteract that in your life. You can't just sit on the couch and watch TV and expect it to, you know, yes, we need that. Like, I just need to turn my brain off. But you also need to fill your life with positive elements, happenings, people, outings, you know, even small ones, a bunch of small ones, you know, just something to build your reserves to counteract the negativity. Yes, because, you know, there are those people that can't leave and, or can't readily find another position or whatever the case may be. Um, or if, if you are someone that feels that you could make a move to another job, it still all takes time, right? Right. Still, there's going to be a time period, whether that's a long time period or a short time period. Most likely there's going to be additional time that you will be spending in this situation, and this is all assuming that you have a conversation with your boss and it does not change. But um, I think, it, like, you, you, that's a great point. That in the meantime, how do I take better care of myself? What can I do here? You know, and for our listener, maybe it's I'm up later, but I make sure I spend an hour at dinner connecting with my partner during these types of situations with my boss putting these deadlines on me or whatever it is or um yeah I, I don't know what else, I can't think of anything else at the top of my head but I think what is it that I can do in the meantime to try to take better care of myself and not continue to live in this state of 
well, exhaustion as well as just emotional intensity that, that, that can so easily be lead to reactivity, which is what most people don't want to do is be reactive. Right. And, and again, it doesn't have to be like, I'm taking two weeks off to go to the Galapagos, you know, and ride a turtle. Please, <laughs> please don't do that. I, they're, they're, you know, almost extinct. They're endangered. Um, I didn't know people rode turtles. They do if they're big enough. Uh, actually, in Hawaii, when I was there, uh, we were all in the surf um, with the waves, and it was awesome. And there was a turtle out of nowhere, a giant sea turtle. And everybody was like, don't touch it. You can't touch it. You're not allowed to touch it. I'm like, oh, okay. So we all were like, <laughs> we all had our hands up and just let, I know, the, let the sea turtle swim around us. I mean, it was amazing, but it was also like, I just want to pet him for a second. Um, but I digress. Uh, it doesn't have to be a giant like weeks long thing it can be little moments build up those little moments of connection with your partner with your friends even if it's just like texting a group text of like hey how's everybody doing i i had a crappy day like what are you what are you all up to even if it's laying in bed with your partner and being like how was your day i miss you what's going on like little moments like that build up they build our reserves they put a little bit of gas in the tank but it matters it, I would rather you have those little moments strung together like a necklace than nothing at all. It, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And so if you do find it difficult to find moments like that, find them where you can. Yeah, I, li- I love that. And I agree with you because for some people, it, if in this type of situation, like our listeners here with this question, feel as if there's literally no time to waste. There's no time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> there's no time to right. eat dinner. You, you have to make it happen somewhere. I agree with you. And those might be very small little moments that you can do to kind of keep your sanity and, and keep yourself, put, put a little bit, like you said, in the reserve. Like give yourself a little bit of fuel. Mm-hmm. So as we bring this episode uh, to a close, um, final thoughts about, if you, if you had to, Distill everything we've said down into a nugget that you would tell somebody, what would it be? I would say that when you're feeling very overwhelmed with emotion, with high emotional intensity, a lot of intensity to your emotions, to take the time to take care of yourself, to get yourself calmed down before you try to communicate with another individual. Yes. That's the nugget I'm going to leave. That's yeah. my nugget for today. Do, write the email, but don't send it. Exactly. Well, that, and that's fine, too. But definitely, whatever it is, however it is, after you curse them out in an email or whatever it is you do, a draft, a draft. Um, <laughs> let me clarify. Please. But taking care of, how, of, of yourself, getting off trying. This is all very easy to say and very difficult to do. But trying to spend the time you need doing whatever it is that you would need to do to process what happened, your feelings, cope and calm down. And then you'll be in a place to be able to figure out what the next step is. Because when you're stuck in that very high intensity, very emotional, angry, whatever it is, you're not using your best problem-solving skills. You're definitely not going to be using your best communication skills. Yes, agreed. And I think my nugget for this one would be take every chance you get to ride a turtle. Oh, I thought we weren't allowed to ride the turtle. Well, (laughs) metaphorically. Metaphorically, because I think that's, at least for me, I think that's easy to remember. Like, I I can just imagine people at work like, I got to go ride a turtle. (laughs) 
Like, the just, guy on the podcast. <laughs> the guy, Ralph told me, I got to ride a turtle. Find me a turtle. Find, somebody find me a turtle. Gladys, get in here. <laughs> find me a turtle. Um, awesome. I, I hope that helped. Uh, so um, if somebody wants to get in touch with Kristen, they can find her at her website, which would be... ThePhillyTherapistKristen.com And if somebody wants to get in touch with me, they can find me at TrueEngineCoaching.com uh, and that brings us to the end of another wonderful podcast. So much fun as always. So much fun as always. Uh, keep listening, spread the word, have people follow and like us and uh, continue to be fans and send in your questions. Hey, let me ask you something at gmail.com or you can DM us if you know us on LinkedIn or you're a, you're a client. You can just text us or whatever. Everything is always stays confidential. Um, that's it. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Thanks, everybody.